0: Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's word, fellowship, and prayer. All right, so as Brandon said, my name is Seth, and uh, because of this thing, this is the most I've ever felt like Justin Bieber in my entire life. So, um, the beebs. All right. Um, this morning, we are uh, going to be in Psalm 63. So, I am, I'm not our pastor here. So, if you're visiting, come back next week. And the guy that was just praying, Pastor Brandon, uh, he'll be bringing the Word to us again. Um, but we're going to read Psalm 63 in just a second. But I want to I wanna do a quick exercise. Okay, I want you to imagine, okay, Kaya gets out, and everyone's just kind of, you know, walking around, and Jesus shows up, and he's just walking, he's walking around the room. I want you to imagine where you would be in the room. Like, would you be as close to Jesus as you could possibly be? Or would you be on the other side of the room, would you be standing against the wall, would you be outside, like, where, where would you be if Jesus Christ was just walking around this room right now? Because the, the question I want to pose to you is, are you seeking God? And if you are, have you found Him? And then if you found Him, are you following Him? Okay, so uh, this morning we will be in Psalm 63, if you want to pull up the slides, And uh, I'd ask that you'd uh, just read along with me, not necessarily out loud, but Psalm 63, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches... Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. And Heavenly Father, I just ask, uh, as Brandon just asked, as, as David asked, Lord, uh, we just want to agree together in prayer uh, that we desire to hear your word. God, we desire to be as close to you as we possibly can on this earth and, uh, and, and follow hard after you. And so, God, I pray that you would do away with any distractions, um, God, that you would just fill me with your spirit and, and just get your word into our hearts in Jesus' name. All right, so um, the first thing we see in Psalm 63 is uh, we need to seek God, and we need to seek God early, okay? And so what does that look like? Well, uh, it looks like a declaration, okay? So the psalmist declares, O God, Thou art my God. And so this is, uh, it's two parts, right? This is a declaration to God but it's also a declaration of God, okay? And, and if we purpose in our hearts to seek the Lord, we should tell him that, right? We should, we should pray to God. And as Psalm 62 says, we should pour out our heart before him and say, God, I, I, don't, like, I don't feel near you, but I wanna be, I wanna be near you. And, uh, and pour your heart out before him. And, and I'm talking to, to everyone in the room today, Okay, I don't, I don't care if, if you're lost or if you've been a Bible study leader for years, right? One of the things I want us to truly consider is, man, are our hearts after God? Is, is Christ our chief desire? And uh, man, I don't know about you, but it's easy to get into a place uh, in ministry where you desire fruit more than you actually just desire Jesus, um and man if you think about that for a second how dysfunctional would your marriage be if you wanted a baby more than you want your spouse right like if if you just desire your spouse like children will come right like that's the natural byproduct but man we we forget the fact that the command is to abide right fruit will come if we abide in Christ and he aligns our hearts with ours, with his, right? Then, uh, then fruit will come, right? Um, and there, there's intention in that, right? You have to be intentional. But man, is, is Christ our deepest desire? And, uh, and let's, so if, if not, let's declare to God that man, we, we want him to be, right? But uh, not only, Do we need to make a declaration to God? This needs to be a declaration of God, of who he is in our lives. And so um, it might be difficult to seek someone else's God, right? That can only ever get you so far. Um, In the same way that hopefully it would be really difficult to seek someone else's wife, right? That's a bad plan, (laughs) right? Like, you have to have your own wife. That's how it works. That's what marriage is, right? But um, so often, man, we rely on other people's faith. Um, We rely on our, our discipler. We rely on our pastors to have faith for us, right? When Jesus Christ is asking us to follow him, okay? And we are, like, we are to follow leaders as they follow Christ. But that, at the end of the day, you have to make the decision on a daily basis that you're gonna follow Christ too, all right? Uh, Paul says to work out your own salvation. Um, One of my favorite characters in scripture is Ezra. And every time you see Ezra talk about God, he always says, my God, or our God. He never says, it's never just God. And um, it makes me think of, Uh, man, I am married to the greatest woman on earth. I don't know where JJ is. Where is JJ? There you are. Hi, honey. (laughs) I'm married to the greatest woman on earth. I believe that, okay? And I tell her that. I tell her, JJ, you're the greatest woman on earth. You're the greatest wife, okay? But you know what she loves to hear more? You're my wife. You're my wife. And um, don't you think God wants to hear that? Like, man, it's, it's one thing to say, God, you are, the Lord, you are the king of kings, the Lord of lords. But how sweet is it for God to hear from his children, you are my God. And that's, that's what God's expecting. That's what our declaration needs to be. It needs to be to God and of God. Okay, but it also requires determination. Okay, so declaration and determination. So again, this is, this is also in a couple parts. So it needs to be a determination of priority. Okay, so uh, that's our time. Okay, our pursuit of God must be exemplified by our determination to make him first in our lives. And I, I don't know how we could possibly say that Jesus Christ is first in our lives if he's not first in our schedule right? Um, what, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? What's the first thing you look at? What's the first thing you desire? Is it Jesus Christ? So Jesus, as always, is our example, okay? In Mark one thirty two, it says, and at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door, And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And, okay, so he's performing miracles well into the night, right? It's dark. He's healing the sick, the blind, all all these people, right? And then it says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And so, Jesus had, like, the longest night of ministry, and yet, he still gets up in the morning to meet with his father. And guys, uh, Jesus did not have an alarm clock. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you've ever actually worked through that, but Jesus Christ woke up to meet with the father out of sheer desire. Like, after a long night, like, that he just woke up desiring the Father. That's what woke him up. And so, man, I, I want I want to pose the question, is it really because you're not a morning person? <laughs> um I but by no means is, is there a law that says you have you know you have to read your Bible in the morning. But man, uh you make time for the things you desire right? If, I think it was Kenny Morgan a few years ago. It uh, was like, you know, if, if you had the perfect job and it was going to pay you a million dollars, but you had, oh, <laughs> but you had to be there at 6 a.m. Right? You would, you would get up and you'd be at that job at 6 a.m. Right? You would, you would discipline yourself to, to do that. Um, and so this leads us to, uh, this is not just a determination of, uh, of priority, but it's also in our passion, okay? So our declaration to God will mean little to nothing if it's not meant by a diligent and fervent follow-through. So Proverbs three twenty seven and 28 says, withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Don't tell your God that you're going to give him your time when, when you have time and then just not give it to him, right? So we need a, uh, a declaration. We need determination. Uh, but continuing in Psalm 63, we also need dehydration, <laughs> right? Uh, David says, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And so, uh, have you guys ever, like, gotten to the end of your day, and you sit down to dinner or something, and you take a drink of water, and you realize, I haven't had water all day. And then it's, like, all you want, right? Now, now I want water. Um, Now you all probably want water, um. So JJ and I were uh, were, we flew in from out of town and we got home kind of late and we we realized we were in this situation where like we hadn't had water all day and I was like all I want right now is a sparkling water so bad and so we we changed the direction of our course right like we stopped at a gas station. Uh, they didn't have sparkling water, by the way. It was the one by the Royal Stadium. Bummer. Um, it was weird. But, uh, but if, you're, if you're truly thirsty, you will, you will change course to get water, right? You'll do what it takes to get water. Um, and guys, man, I love this verse. Proverbs 25, 25 says, as cold waters to a thirsty soul... So is good news from a far country, guys. The gospel is good news, and I don't know how thirsty you feel spiritually, um, but the gospel is what you actually need. And I don't care. Like I've been saved for a long time. I got saved when I was young. I still need the gospel every day of my life, and I I still try to quench that thirst with with all kinds of other things. Right, but at the end of the day, the good news that Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, laid down everything to buy me out of my sin, was butchered on a cross to save my soul. Like man, when I stop and I just truly consider that, I'm like, it's quenched. I don't need anything else. Isaiah 55, 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. God's inviting you in to to satisfy your thirst. Jesus says in John 7, 37, Through 39, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And Jesus Christ is that satisfaction. The good news that Jesus Christ made a way that you don't have to work your way to God, but he worked his way to you. Right? Like that, that's so satisfying. What else do I need? Uh, And yet we can neglect it. We can neglect the fountain of living waters. Jeremiah 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And those are idols. Like, uh, and an idol is just simply when, when we love anyone or anything more than God. Right? And, and the Bible says that it's a cistern that holds no water. Do you, do you guys know what a cistern is? So it's not, I, I don't know why, for the longest time I thought it was like a clay pot but it's, uh, it's actually a reservoir uh, for rainwater that you can get water out of for later. If, uh, heads up, I think Israel's back open. You should save, take the LFBI trip to Israel someday. You'll see cisterns. But it's, it's literally just a whole, it's like a, it's a big trench in the ground that they, they hold water in for later, right? That's their drinking water. Um. But what's really interesting, if you think about a cistern, if a cistern doesn't hold water, it's just a hole in the ground, right? And and really, at the end of the day, a cistern that holds no water looks a whole lot like a grave. Like that's what it is. It, it's just a grave. And man, when we neglect the fountain of living waters, when we neglect the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're just dead. We're not doing anything, and we're just we're just chasing vanity. Um, but there's also you can reject the fountain of living waters. You can reject Jesus Christ. You can reject the good news. Um, and to reject Jesus Christ entirely is to experience thirst for eternity. Um, you guys remember the the parable of, of Lazarus and the rich man. It's a horrific story, right? And, but it's, it's true. There's a real place called hell. And Jesus, in this story, he, he talks about how the rich man, he goes to hell and he's in torments. And all he wants is one drop of water on his tongue. And if you reject Christ. There will come a day where you will only know three things. You will know that Jesus is Lord. You will confess him with your mouth, and you will bend the knee, and you will know torment, and you will know thirst. But God didn't want that for you. Jesus Christ bled and died so that you could come to the fountain of living waters with no money, and just drink. You could be satisfied. All you have to do is you trust the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, that when he rose from the dead, that that was sufficient. And It's, it's so simple. All right? you, just, you believe that you sinned against God, but he fixed it, and you accept that in truth. And so we need the good news of the gospel, and we need to thirst after it, um, but we also we need to long after it, right? And um, you might think, well, what's, what's the difference? What's, what does it mean for your flesh to long? Okay, ask Harrison in about four weeks. He'll, he'll, he'll clue you in. Um, I was... I was waiting for that one. Um, no, but okay. If you have ever fasted, okay, you know what it means to long. You know what it means for your flesh to long, right? To, to go without. Uh, and guys, this is why fasting is so vital, okay? It, because it shows us our desires. Job 23, 12 uh, Job says, "Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food." And guys, we—I <laughs> heard this quote uh, a while back. It really stuck with me. So, in the West, you know, we're we're so committed to rationalism. We're so committed to the idea that we're just brains with legs, and that's it. We're just a brain with legs, right? Uh, that we can't fathom the fact that change could come through our stomach instead of through our, our head. Right? Like, we always, if, if I just know what's wrong, I can fix it. Okay, when, man, I, th- I think sometimes we just need to fast. Like, <laughs> Jesus said, there's, there's some demons that only come out by prayer and fasting. And, uh, we need to fast to, to show us what our, our desires truly are. Uh, Proverbs 27, 7 says, The full soul loatheth a honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. And uh, man, we, uh, we just stuff our soul with so many other things all the time, whether it's, I don't know, news or entertainment or YouTube, or Instagram, like all these things, we just, we stuff our soul. And when we do that, the, the sweetness of God's word, we hate it. We don't want anything to do with it. But man, if if we just allow our soul to be hungry, even the bitter things of God's word can be sweet. Uh, I I was just thinking about this scenario. I know that this isn't time-wise, how, like, timeline-wise, how the rapture would work out. Like, I know that there's first the judgment, but I just, like, imagine for a second, you know, you, you get raptured uh, straight to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and it's, it's random seating, okay? And you're just you're sitting next to this, this guy, and, he, and he's crying at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You guys know what the marriage supper of the Lamb is? It's, it's, it's the, uh, the big, big table with lots and lots of food, right? (laughs) That's what it is. Okay. But I want you to imagine you, you get raptured there and you're sitting and the guy next to you, he's crying. And you're like, what are you, what are you crying for? We're, we're in heaven. And he's like, these are, it's tears of joy. Um, because when I got raptured, I I was fasting and, and you were like, uh, oh, what, what were you fasting? And he's like, what do you mean, what was I fasting? Like, well, were you like fasting Netflix? And he's like, what's Netflix? <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I, I was fasting for my prison guard to get saved. Man, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to poo-poo on the idea, of, like, we need to give up some, some things for a while, right? But like, fasting is is a really important aspect of our faith that we just neglect. And I I think we really wuss out on it at the end of the day. Um, And again, I'm not not trying to make a law. I'm not trying to tell you to go without food, but I'm just saying, man, if, if we just take some time to truly fast and to seek God and allow Him to show us our desires, we'd be better off for it. I think we would, we would come to find that the word of God is sweet. And so um, what's really cool about this verse, though, uh, is that we, we come to drought, okay? Um, this is our next point. So he says, uh, My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Okay, and so, question, when you are thirsty and the land is also thirsty, where's the only place you can get water? What do you guys think? It has to rain. Okay, can you make it rain? No, 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 not like that. Okay. No. Guys, if, if you're thirsty and the land has no water, your only hope is prayer. And that's where we need to meet God. We need to look up. Colossians 3.1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And man, uh, a few years ago, Mark Trotter preached this sermon series on 1 Kings 18, where they're in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, right? Israel, there's been a drought for three years. And uh, Elijah Prays and it rains. Uh, and first, there, uh, he had to rebuild the altar of God, so he had to worship. And two, there, there had to be a sacrifice made, and the sacrifice was their water reservoirs. Spoiler alert, if you guys ever listen to those messages. Um, but he made this really salient point that the, sacri- the sacrifice that they made on that altar was the thing they had the least of in the land. And Mark said that, you know, for us, that's time. Uh, we're so busy that we can't just take time to spend with God. But if we would just sacrifice that time, man, God, God would meet with us there. And uh, it was really funny because I, uh, I think it was the morning I was in this verse um, I, I was, like, studying out First Kings 18, and, and it was just so cool because, you know, they pour the water out three times, and I was just thinking back to when, you know, Mark taught on that. And then fast forward later that afternoon. It was on a Saturday, and I was just chilling out at home, and I, I just, like, I'm laying on the couch. Uh, I think I'm watching YouTube on my laptop, and my battery dies. And I was like, ah, Okay set my laptop down. I pull my iPad out. I'm watching YouTube on my iPad. <laughs> my iPad's battery dies. And so I set that down. So then I pull my Switch out. and I'm, I'm playing Nintendo. And then it's like low battery. And I was like, oh, yeah, God. <laughs> there were those three barrels that they poured out. And I, I tell myself I don't have time. When I do. I have time and I I have time to spend on the things that I love and enjoy. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have a hobby. Like, man, get a switch. I don't know. Don't get a switch. You do you. But desire God first, right? Stop telling yourself you don't have time. Okay, maybe you don't have time. Quit some things. Stop doing things, right? Open your schedule to make time with the Lord. And so, um, in verse 2, we, we get to our destination, right? So we had a declaration, determination, dehydration. Now we have a destination, okay? Uh, he says, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. And, uh, and again, this happens in prayer. We see the Lord, not physically, But with our spiritual eyes, we we get to see the Lord in prayer. And our deepest desires are only satisfied when we look unto Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says, looking unto Jesus, right? The author and finisher of our faith. And then it says, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Okay, and, and so what's, what's he longing to see? Well, it's, it's the power and glory of God. Okay, it's really interesting. Power and glory actually share a first mention. Uh, they're both mentioned first in Genesis 31. And it's the story of Jacob working for Laban. And it's really interesting because obviously Laban is a, a terrible picture of the father, but he is a father, right? But it says that Jacob served Laban with his power. And it specifically says he, he served the Father with, with his power. I think that's the phrasing. And, uh, and we see this picture of Jesus Christ, right? His power was manifest on earth uh, as he served the Father in ministry. Okay, but then in that same passage, it says that uh, he gained all this glory by working for Laban. And we know that, man, uh, the glory that Jesus Christ had when, when the work was done, right? When, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, right? Like that's his glory. And so for us, right, this is a picture of power pictures Christ on earth and glory pictures Christ in heaven. And those two things are, are joined perfectly at the second coming of Christ. Mark 13, 26 says that when the Son of Man comes, He comes with power and glory. And these are the things we need to meditate on in prayer. When we we look unto Jesus, we need to be thinking about, man, Jesus, Like what what was He like when He was on earth? What what, what would He do? How How would He love people? right? And, and then we need to search those things out in the scriptures, all right? We need, I need to be thinking on a regular basis about Jesus Christ in heaven as my king, as my mediator, right? And, and all the things that he does for me as he ministers in heaven. Uh, but I also need to consider the second coming. These are all things I need to meditate on when I see Jesus in prayer, right? See Jesus, okay? When I meditate on Christ in prayer, I need to be thinking about his power and his glory. And we see this in the sanctuary, right? Again, the sanctuary is a picture of prayer. Um, Exodus 25.8 says, let them make me a sanctuary, right? This is talking about the tabernacle, and then uh, in verse 22 of Exodus 25, it says, and there, this is God speaking to Israel, he says, there will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee. And so where do we meet slash commune with God? Where do we do that? Well, the, the answer is anywhere, right? Because of the work of Calvary, there. The, the veil was torn. I, I can go into the presence of God any, anytime, anywhere. Um, and, and we see Jesus, his power and his glory most clearly when we meet with him in prayer over his word. Right, Hebrews 4, uh, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so key point one. No, we've been going a while and there hasn't been a key point. They're coming. Okay, key point one. Desire God enough to meet with him early. Desire God and desire him enough to meet with him early. Okay, I'm going to drink some more coffee and then we're going to get to it. All right, these next sections should go faster. Okay, so we need to seek God early, uh, but we also need to uh, seek him throughout the day okay? And this is uh, exemplified in verse three, uh, or sorry, verse four, when he says, while I live, right? If we look at verses three and four, we see um, that first we need to just be loved by God, right? We need to recognize that Jesus Christ's loving kindness is truly better than life. And so often we, we fail to believe that Jesus's love is isn't even better than podcasts. (laughs) Like, I'd rather listen to that than the word of God. And um, man, when we truly meet God in prayer in the morning, our eyes get to be open to his love and that that affects our path each day. Okay, Psalm 143, eight says, "'Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, "'for in thee do I trust.'" Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. And when we truly receive God's love, it allows us to love God in return, right? That's what 1 John says. We love God because he first loved us, okay? And the, and the things that come out of loving God, right? When we receive his love and we, and we love him in return, that looks like praise, right? It looks like um, my lips shall praise thee. But it also looks like blessing the Lord while we live. Okay, and that is obedience, right? There's no greater blessing to the Lord than to just lovingly obey him, right? Um, and the thing is, we have to lift up our hands in his name. Okay, and that's, it's a picture of, you can look at Lamentations 341. It's, we lift up our hearts, in praise, whenever we lift up our hands, it's, it's a figure of us taking our heart and, and giving it to the Lord. And so we need to obey, but we need to obey out of a loving heart. And that is a blessing to the Lord, right? We're called to be living sacrifices. And th- that's a sweet savor to God. That's, man, you, you guys ever just smell barbecue? You're like, that is a blessing, right? That's, that's what it is when we obey God, right? And we just praise Him. Okay, and so key point two, I told you this would be going fast, okay? Key point two, bless God throughout the day by praise and obedience. Bless God throughout the day by praise and obedience. When we simply receive God's love in the morning, like, man, if we, if, If we do what we say we do in our quiet time, and I get to meet one-on-one with the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the entire universe, and he's just like, I love you. And that doesn't affect my day at all, right? Like, I should be singing all the time, right? I'll be like, yes, Lord, right? I'll be Marvin in the choir, right? Um... And uh, and I, I just obey out of a loving heart because I know that the creator of the universe loves me. I just want to do what he says. I want to love him in return. Okay, and so we need to seek God early. We need to bless him throughout the day. And then we need to remember him in the night. And this is verses five through seven. So it's really interesting. The first five mentions of the word remember, in scripture are all God remembering people are remembering his covenant. The first mention of, uh, of a person remembering is actually that the butler did not remember Joseph. And Joseph is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in, in your Bible. Right. And, uh, and so often we just forget we don't remember Jesus. And then, uh, when we do, how often do we truly meditate on him? How often do we truly meditate on Christ when, he, when he's brought to remembrance? Again, Hebrews 12, two says, that, uh, verse three tells us to consider him, right? It's not just enough to look unto Jesus. We need to consider him. And so key point three, at night, Remember God. Meditate on his grace and rejoice. Okay, so you guys should see there's this pattern of, of you can actually have a whole day dedicated to the Lord where you you get up through desire and desire to meet with the Lord. Right? And then and then that that affects your whole day. You just Praise and obedience comes out of you. And then, man, when you get to bed that night, you can just remember, man, God, you were with me all day. You helped me. You helped me get through that hard, uh, you know, that challenge, that trial today. You were with me in that boring meeting at work, right? Like, But when we truly just think that Jesus Christ was with me all day, helping me. Like, man, there's so much joy in that when I can just lay in my bed and think about Jesus Christ. And you know what that does? It helps me desire him in the morning. And it just starts this cycle of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to seek Jesus and I'm going to love him throughout the day. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to obey him. And then another night you're just laying in bed, man, God, thank you. Thank you for getting me through the day. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. And so the result then is satisfaction and rejoicing, right? And, uh, and so here's the thing. If we do this consistently, this pattern right here of seeking him early, blessing him, remembering the promise is this But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find Him, if thou seek Him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And then next, uh, Jeremiah 29:13, "And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart." Jesus said, "For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened." Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands and you sinners. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. All right? The promise is that if we continually seek God and our hearts in that, we will find Him. All right, so atheist, agnostic, whoever you are in the room, try it. Try it. Try God out. Bible study leader who's tired, try it. Seek God. You will find him. And so, man, uh, while, you guys, while you guys are writing, um, I love that it says uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be satisfied as with marrow, right? Have you guys ever had bone marrow? I, I had it for the first time. Uh, just a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you know this, but uh, God, when he designed a cow, he put sticks of butter in their bones. It's, it's like steak-flavored butter. That's what it is. If you've never had bone marrow, you should try it. It's a thing. Um, but like, what's more satisfying than steak-flavored butter? Okay. Okay, so, come back to me. Okay, once you find God, okay, so you seek God, you seek Him day after day, you find Him. Okay, now all we have to do is follow. Okay, and follow hard. Right? You see constantly through the New Testament, it's a race. Right? Like, Athletes run and they run hard. You've got to run after God. Uh, that phrase, follow hard, means to cleave, to overtake, to stick, to abide, to pursue. And so, man, when, when we truly just follow after God, you know was really sweet? It says, my soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. God's with you in that. God wants you to seek him. He wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with me. Um, so we actually, we have a video. Hopefully. You guys ever
1: seen this? Tom Hammond and Craig Massback, back at... Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400-meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly and inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British four x 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this, he's going to try to
0: finish his final race the British have a certain tradition of running which you have to respect
1: a bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury Halfway down the back stretch, he's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. Olympic Stadium as Redmond with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach.
0: And so, man, that is God upholding us with his right hand. We pursue God, but he, he's got us. Right? He's there for us the whole time. And I love that. He, sh- he shoes the guys off, right? <laughs> um, okay, but, okay, follow hard after God knowing that he's got you. Follow hard after God knowing that he's got you. And we're gonna, we're gonna close here in a second. Uh, but I, I do really love that, you know, he, he shoes that that guy off, because, um, you know, this, this last part of Psalm 63, it just talks about how, man, the enemy that we have is defeated, right? Like, we fight a defeated foe. Um, Colossians 2.15 says that, man, the principalities and powers, when Jesus rose from the grave, he spoiled them, right? Like, The, the only thing that the enemy has is lies. Uh, and Paul tells us this in 2 Timothy two twenty five and 26. Um, that, man, uh, all we have to do to get out of the snare of the devil is acknowledge the truth, right? There is nothing holding you back from following hard after God. The only thing, well, actually, let's just read it. Romans eight thirty-five through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a promise to you, brother. That's a promise to you, sister, So at the end of the day, the only thing keeping you from following hard after God is your own hard heart. Jesus Christ dealt with the enemy. If you're in the snare of the devil, all you have to do is acknowledge the truth. The only thing keeping you from seeking, finding, and following God is you. So what are you going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? Right? But guys, the promise is, like, I I would challenge you guys. Work through Psalm 63. Meditate on Christ tonight. As you're laying in bed, put your phone on the other side of the room, okay? And as you fall asleep, consider Christ. Consider what he did today. How he spoke to you today in church. What he's done in your life. And then wake up ready to meet with him. Okay? And then let him love you. Live your day praising him, obeying him, just blessing our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, because of just how incredibly good he is. And then tomorrow night, just meditate on Christ. Do that over and over again. You will find God, I promise you. I promise and so uh, we'll have, David, if you could come up, uh, if we could have the counselors come up. I'm just going to pray. Uh, but guys, if, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, please come forward. We want to work through that with you. Like if, if you have determined, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to experience thirst for the rest of my life. If you're a, a Christian, and you've forsaken the fount of living waters, come forward. If you're a leader, and you've forsaken the fount of living waters, if you recognize that you are tired and weary, and you need a a fresh gulp of the gospel, then come forward. Man, let's pray about it, Um, because Jesus Christ desires to be our satisfaction. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, you are so good to us, and Lord, I pray that you would just bring us to the place where, where your loving kindness is better than life, and God, I, I know, I, I I don't know, I probably said some, some things too harshly, um, but God, I just, I want uh, us as a ministry to know your grace, um, I want to, I want us to find our satisfaction in Christ alone. And Lord, I I want it, Uh, God, as much as we want fruit, uh, God, at at the end of my life, I want to be able to say, I was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, And so God, uh, I pray that you would just open our eyes to your love day after day. And that you'd change us, God. You'd conform us to the image of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times, and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.